mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the Supreme Court will hear arguments this week in Donald Trump's appeal of the Colorado ruling that would keep him off the Republican primary ballot in that state. It's yet another chapter in this unusual and perhaps precedent-setting election. We'll take a closer look. Also this morning, at this time of year when it's harder to stay active, healthy foods and healthy drinks are an even greater priority for your overall well-being. And we'll tell you what's happening with details on upcoming programs and events, the Findlay YMCA. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Tuesday, February 6th, 2024. So big news. I don't know if you heard uh, this yesterday. It's kind of interesting. We were talking with the folks at NASA uh, yesterday about uh, the launch of this uh, new satellite to monitor the Earth's vital signs. You recall we were talking about this. And then yesterday we got this story uh, from NASA. Uh, They have found a new super Earth exoplanet. Um, Apparently, this is a planet that orbits in a... Habitable zone 137 light years away, which is relatively close for the in, in terms of the entirety of the universe. Um, the exoplanet is about one and a half times the width of Earth, orbits a small reddish star, um, and they believe it is habitable. Now, that's not to say that there are creatures living beings that inhabit this planet and it's 137 light years away so it's not one that we would colonize but the conditions are such that it could sustain life whether it does or not who knows uh and by the way in the same system uh same solar system uh may contain a second earth-sized planet um, that also, uh, I guess, could sustain life. So, wow, that is uh, that is big news. Maybe we are not alone. Uh, I don't know, but uh, big, big news. Other space news that I happen to uh, see among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, a Russian cos- cosmonaut by the name of Oleg uh, Kononenko has broken the world record for the most time spent in outer space. The most continuous time in outer space. Um, Surpassing another cosmonaut and the previous record of 878 days. He's been there longer than that now. What, 879, I guess. So he's got the record. He's going to be in space for a total of 1,000 days uh, by June 5th. And uh, on June 5th, he hits the 1,000-day mark, and by late September, he will have clocked 1,110 days. He's 59 year old, 59 years old, and uh, currently resides. I mean, if you, <laughs> on the International Space Station, I say resides because if you've been there for 878 days and you're going to be there for another, you know, six months, um, I would say you have taken up residence there. I think you you legally have to change your residence to the International Space Station. That's amazing. Uh, I read that and I said, see, nobody wants to go back to Russia. I mean, that's, I mean, why would you want to? Why would you want to go back to Russia if you were on the International Space Station? No, thanks. I'll just stay here. Thank you very much. I'll go back to Russia. I'll just stay here. Um, Some of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories to start your day. With Valentine's Day coming up, I saw this story that kind of caught my eye. Most of us would agree that cheating on a partner is wrong. Cheating on your spouse or significant other is wrong. But how do we define what cheating is? Is it a physical uh, relationship, a an actual physical relationship, or is it much more subtle? Research Uh, has found uh, Sarah Salavati and Susan Boone, uh, two researchers, uh, looked into this question. They find that not everyone agrees on what makes a person unfaithful. They had participants in this study evaluate hypothetical situations involving one partner 
messaging someone on social media other than their spouse or significant other. And for each scenario, participants were asked about their whether this act, whether they would consider it cheating. Participants were most concerned about the secrecy of the act, the frequency, and how well the partner knew the individual that they were messaging. When a person hides communication from their significant other and knows the other person well, it is more likely to be viewed as cheating. So, kind of interesting. Uh, It doesn't necessarily, in our uh, online universe, our online-centric universe these days, doesn't necessarily have to be physical infidelity in order to be considered cheating. Kind of interesting uh, on that. The uh, NBA All-Star Game is coming up. You know, we've got uh, the NFL's big game this weekend. The NBA is uh, is uh, holding their All-Star Game soon. And I don't know if you saw this. You have got to check this out. This is like the viral video. If you haven't seen this, go online and, and look it up because it is pretty impressive. The NBA is doing something unique to the court for All-Star Weekend. Uh, announcing that a... They made this announcement yesterday and released a video. I saw snippets of it. A full video LED court will be used for several events at Lucas Oil Stadium. The the floor, it's a video floor, um, will make its debut for the Celebrity Game on the 16th and stay for the three-point and skill competitions on Saturday night. The uh, high-tech court will feature design and color changes right there on the floor, live replays and other video content, and real-time game stats along with other animations. Now, I don't think they're going to actually use this during the game, and if you were trying to play a game on a, a court with LED animations going on all the while, I think that would be incredibly distracting. So they're not going to, not going to use this uh, during the game, I don't believe. But maybe sometime in the future, uh, who knows? The traditional All-Star game tips off from Indianapolis on February the 18th. But if you have not seen uh, this court, I'm not a huge uh, NBA fan, but this is really cool. That is, I mean, it is really, really cool. It's a full video floor for the uh, NBA All-Star Game. And uh, one other item here among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. We were talking a few days ago, I think it was last week sometime, I don't remember exactly which day, about how uh, diabetes drugs like Ozempic, are becoming more and more difficult to get for the people that really need them because so many people are using them as weight loss drugs, uh, using them off-label as weight loss drugs. Well, now a new study claims that uh, these medications also help lower blood pressure in adults who are overweight or obese. study from the American Heart Association says uh, the drug that is sold under the names Munjaro for diabetes and Zepbound for obesity, significantly lowers, significantly lowers blood pressure in obese or overweight adults who who used it for nine months or more. Uh, Still, experts warn that uh, these drugs remain too costly for the average American without sufficient insurance coverage. And if you're using them off-label for weight loss, um, then more than likely your insurance company is not going to uh, cover it. But this is going to make it possibly going to make it even tougher uh, to get those drugs. I'm not sure that's some of that research. I mean, it's interesting research and it's good to know, I guess. But when you public that publish that research and make it uh, publicly known, all you're going to do is uh, create a, a, a greater run on these medications than what there already is. So I'm not sure. Uh, that may backfire to interesting stuff there. Some of the most uh, interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Tuesday morning started here. 
WFIN News, I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather, partly sunny today, a high in the low 40s, partly cloudy tonight, a low around 30. The final three flood mitigation projects for Finley and Hancock County have been pushed back. Finley Mayor Christina Mern says the timeline has been delayed as officials seek a flood mitigation assistance grant from FEMA. As we looked at that, it really just made sense to hold off, push it back a little bit more. We really have everything else ready to go. And as soon as we hear from FEMA, then we'll be able to go ahead and move forward with the bid process. Those final three flood mitigation projects are replacing the Norfolk Southern Railroad Bridge in Finley, constructing the Eagle Creek floodwater storage base in south of Finley, and the Phase 2 river benching in Finley. Get more on the projects and the new timeline in this story on our website. A civil rights group is suing the Ohio Attorney General after he rejected their attempts to get a proposed constitutional amendment on the ballot called the Ohio Voters' Bill of Rights. The amendment looks to add more drop boxes for ballots, allow other forms of ID besides Ohio-issued IDs, allow same-day registration, and extend voting hours. Deidre Reese, the voter engagement director for the Ohio Organizing Collaborative, says... We have seen in this state laws and procedures put into place that really are creating unreasonable barriers and impediments. She hopes they will be able to get the amendment on the ballot in November. Reporting in Columbus, Sarah Jabor. The Putnam County Sheriff's Office says it's receiving more scam complaints involving people calling and claiming to be a family member and in jail and requesting bail money. The Sheriff's Office reiterates that no law enforcement agency, local, state, or federal, will ask anyone to mail UPS or FedEx cash to them, and they will also never ask you to get gift cards and take those as payment. Get more on the scam in the story on our website. The Cleveland Guardians will start hosting games in April with a $202 million renovation of Progressive Field well underway. Most of the improvements will come to the upper deck amenities with the kitchen in the Terrace Club and the basement commissary to help with the fan experience. And the price tag includes improvements for the next year. Lydia Spara in Cleveland. And remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. So now to our cover story this morning. One of the big news stories this week, the Supreme Court will be hearing arguments, I believe it's uh, tomorrow or Thursday, is coming up this week in Donald Trump's appeal of the Colorado ruling that would keep him off the Republican primary ballot in that state. Joining us uh, this morning to talk about what makes this such a, an, an interesting case and, and one that uh, is worth uh, following Dr. Scott Gerber has been with us uh, on the program many times uh, in the past, a constitutional law expert and published author on the Supreme Court. And Scott, historically, under the court has uh, never been eager to inject themselves really into any uh, matters of, of politics, uh, and especially in election matters. The 2000 election, one of the rare examples uh, where they have. Correct. Uh, the fallout after the Bush v. Gore case that you just mentioned was not good for the court's image uh, with the American people, and I'm sure they're dreading uh, having to go through that again, but it's really impossible for them to avoid deciding the case. Yeah, uh, it, it does. What I find interesting about this, it kind of uh, it exposes or highlights uh, something of a quirk in the way elections are done in this country. The states do constitutionally have broad discretion in how even federal elections are structured and handled in their individual states. Yeah, cor- correct. It's it, it's a very complicated case. Uh, you just mentioned one of the reasons, but to take an, to mention another reason. You know, the court's trying to interpret what Section 3 of the 14th Amendment means, the, the disqualification clause of it. You know, you, and that was enacted after the Civil War to make sure that people that were in the Confederacy uh, couldn't serve in the federal government. Mm-hmm. And so now the, the question is, uh, is President Trump disqualified because the argument is he um, participated in the January 6th, 2021 events at, at the Capitol to a serious enough degree. Right. And, and you know, there are lots of, um, it sounds fairly straightforward, but, you know, um, there's, there's well, more than one way to read the Constitution if right. you just read, 
read the text of the Constitution, well, you can take that either way. Textually, one of President Trump's arguments is that that section does not apply to the President of the United States. So just read it, and it doesn't apply to him, is one of his arguments. And then you can look at it historically and just say, well, you know, the original meaning of the phrase would include the President, and that's what for example, former Judge Michael Luddick does, mm-hmm. then you could look at it structurally, you know, and say, okay, um, it, it, does that provision in Section 3 actually um, apply or not? And then you look at other places in the Constitution where they refer to officer mm-hmm. of the United States, and Trump said it doesn't for that reason, a structural argument. Then you could look at, you know, case law, what has the court done with sort of related cases, and there haven't been too many, but there are cases that do say the president's not above the law, no one's above the law, so right. that can cut either way. Yeah. And then the last two would be the policy argument. You know, do you want, do you really want, you know, uh, courts and, uh, and, you know, isolated secretaries of states depriving the American people of deciding who they want to vote for for president? And then the biggest one, the big picture, this is a democracy, we're supposed to vote for who we want to be mm-hmm. president. And if people want Trump to be president, they know what he's accused of doing. They can make that choice. Yeah. So that's kind of a long-winded exegesis on the different ways you can look at the question just as a matter of how you read the Constitution. Not to mention the fact that it brings up the question, and again, it relates to the the powers that the states have to autonomously uh, hold their own elections. Do we want individual states making that decision? Because as we've seen in Colorado and Maine, they have said, no, we're going to not going to allow uh, Donald Trump on the ballot, but Michigan and, and other states uh, have been faced with the same question and have allowed it so uh, it, it's kind of a piecemeal thing and how uh, do we allow the states to make this big of a decision individually on their own right especially if they're making that decision individually on their own by reading a section of the u.s constitution mm-hmm. so that's where the Different. supreme court yeah. has to come in and say you can't you can you must read it whatever way they decide it's got to be read. You mentioned that there is some case law to fall back on here, but is there anything that is on point? Is there uh, any case where a, uh, a a candidate has been denied access to the ballot in a federal election? Um, kind of quirky ones. I think uh, fairly recently, even there there is a there's a media personality that wanted to run for president and be in a primary ballot and all of that. But he wasn't born in the United States. Hmm. He was born, I well, believe, that... it was in Turkey. Mm-hmm. And so the secretary of that particular state or states plural disqualified him based on the plain language to be the president of the United States. You have to be born in the United States. So, yeah, for that, example, Arnold Schwarzenegger, right. mm-hmm. despite how well he apparently did as governor of California years ago, he cannot run for president. He cannot serve as president. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned this, and this is, I, I think, one of the most, um, uh, in terms of the implications of the whichever way the Supreme Court decides on this, um, and I'm sure that this is something that the uh, justices will uh, keep in mind when they are debating and deciding the case. The broader implication of weaponizing the ballot system. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we've talked for years about uh, the attack that the Democrats have been waging on Trump even before he was president, then when he was president, mm-hmm. and now when he's trying to be president again. And, you know, this, you could argue, is just another iteration of that, especially since he's ahead in the polls. And certainly the way politics are in this country in the modern day, uh, anything that one party does, the other party is going to do uh, in response. I mean, we've seen it with uh, impeachment, which used to be, I mean, the first 200 years of of our nation, that was kind of the nuclear option that nobody... Uh, wanted to go near, and now it seems like we brandish about uh, threats of impeachment for every president, and now even a cabinet secretary. No, exactly right, and that's just such a timely example, because as you know, I think it's today that the House is going to vote on whether to impeach the Homeland Security Secretary, because he apparently isn't doing his job very well. 
Um, and you're right, it used to be um, impeachment was was very rare. And now it's just as a matter of course, if mm-hmm. if we if they don't if Congress or certain folks in Congress don't like the policy position of someone, they threaten to impeach him. Yeah. And, and so uh, the question becomes, when the justices consider this case and in their deliberations, how big of a factor does that play? Do they say, we don't want to open this Pandora's box of allowing the states to decide which candidates uh, they want to allow or disallow uh, on, on the ballot? I mean, how big of a consideration uh, is that likely to be? Yeah, that's another excellent question, and that ties back to what I was saying about the different ways to read the Constitution. Mm-hmm. If you focus on the sort of policy way to read it, rather than the text or the history, for example, you might emphasize that. Yeah, you know, it's we just can't we can't go down that road. Mm-hmm. Um, but we... again, it just depends. There are going to be people that are, you know, like Justice Thomas, for example, that's just going to look at the words and the history, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and others that are more uh, active uh, activists in that living document uh, sort of uh, doctrine uh, that may look at it uh, differently. And, you know, the other thing about this is this is going to have to be a rather quick decision. This is going to be a quick turnaround. It's not where you're going to hear the arguments now and then months from now we're going to get a decision. There's, uh, there is some expediency uh, required in this. Yeah, there is, and I'm sure the court doesn't like that. My guess is they will um decided in time you know the nixon case they decided very quickly as well you know richard nixon way back when uh so they'll they'll probably do it and you know when i clerked for a federal trial judge i mean we had i still remember it's been a long time but we we had a case involving you know a, a, a voting access kind of thing and the judge had to decide it in a day and he did it mm. Wow, some uh, it'll be very interesting to see what the arguments are made and how the uh, court uh, considers this and, and rules in this case. Just another example uh, of how this is a very unusual, perhaps precedent-setting uh, election. Again, uh, Dr. Scott Gerber is a constitutional law expert, uh, published author on the Supreme Court uh, with us uh, this morning to kind of break it all down. Scott, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. Appreciate your insight, as always. You're welcome, Chris. But, you know, for those who are conscious of their health and well-being, this time of year, we tend to focus more on diet than exercise. You know, because it's cold outside. It's harder to keep active in the in the winter months. We've got less sun sunlight and, and all of that. With this in mind, registered dietitian Mia Sin is with us once again this morning with some ways to prioritize wellness in what we eat and what we drink in the cold weather months. And Mia, I want to start with uh, what we drink, actually, because that's often the overlooked component of our diet. We think of the foods that we eat, but it is also important to make smart choices when it comes to the beverages that we consume as well, right? Yes, that's right. And well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. And I've teamed up with a few brands to help make this time of year a little healthier. And people don't think about beverages when they think about, you know, a balanced diet. We think about uh, what's on our plate. And I'm here with two beverages with benefits that you can incorporate. So one of those is the Blue Diamond Almond Breeze Almond Milk. This is a great dairy milk alternative. It's perfect for cereal smoothies, baking. It comes in unsweetened original and unsweetened vanilla, and it's fortified with calcium and vitamins while being free of gluten, lactose, saturated fat, cholesterol, and added sugar. And cold-pressed juice is another easy way to get vitamins and minerals into your diet from fruits and veggies. And so that's another beverage with benefits that you can get into your daily routine. I love this brand called Wonder Beet. They're formerly known as Beetology, and it's a cold-pressed juice that champions the power of beets in four different ways, including beet lemon ginger and beet cherry. And these juices are high in nutrition and flavor, low in calories, no added sugar or artificial additives, just 100% organic fruits and veggies. 
Uh, you did a series on social media not all that long ago, some people may have seen, called Salads That Aren't Boring. Uh, kind of compress that down into a couple of uh, pieces for us here. How do we do a not boring salad? Yes, well, it really comes down to the ingredients and especially the dressing, which can make or break a salad. And I love to make mine from scratch using tahini. And I use this brand, the all-natural Mighty Sesame Squeeze and Serve Organic Tahini. This tahini is made with one ingredient, sustainably sourced high-quality sesame seeds. So it's packed with calcium and eight grams of protein. It's vegan, gluten and dairy-free, kosher and halal. And most importantly, it's delicious. Uh, one of the other things that uh, folks have probably heard uh, that foods packed with protein are linked to healthier outcomes, number of ways that we can do that, but what is the best way to include protein, more, uh, more proteins into our uh, diet and our meal plans? Yes. Well, protein helps to build and maintain lean muscle mass and Salmon is a great source that's also packed with omega-3 fats, which are important for brain and heart health. Moe is the world's largest producer of farm-raised Atlantic salmon. It's BAP certified, which is one of the highest standards in sustainability in the industry. And fresh Moe fish is farmed. It's freshly processed and packed, utilizing skin pack technology. And this technology allows the product to breathe out, but does not allow anything to breathe in. And it allows the shelf life to be extended and the products can be available at stores or online in as little as 24 hours. It's available in different sizes, including the six ounce portions, which I think are perfectly sized for one person in plain and seasoned varieties. Very good. Um, now we get into uh, something that you know, people seem to have very strong opinions on this, but I want to get your thoughts on supplements. A lot of people will use those uh, to, well, supplement their uh, diets, get the uh, proper nutrients. How effective is that and what do people need to know? Supplements can be a great way to fill in nutrient gaps and Studies suggest that nearly 9 out of 10 American children are deficient in at least one key nutrient. And I love this brand called Smarty Pants Vitamins because they can help fill in the gaps and they easily fit into your daily routine. There are these premium gummy multivitamins and they contain more nutrients to provide more comprehensive supplementation in one daily serving with product options specifically formulated for toddlers, kids, teens, and adults. For example, the Smarty Pants Kids Multi and Omegas is made with over 15 different nutrients, including vitamins A, B12, C, zinc, and D3. All of those nutrients help to support our immune system, which is so important this time of year. They're yeah. also free of synthetic colors and certified free from the nine major food allergens. Yeah, obviously very important, especially this time of year, to get those uh, proper uh, nutrition, proper vitamins, minerals, and, and so on. The key being supplements, not replacements. You can't just take your vitamins and load up on anything you want after that. It is uh, still important Absolutely. to make sure that you have a, a good uh, uh, diet. And with that in mind, uh, this was kind of interesting. I saw this statistic that 60% of Americans are uh, trying to reduce their sugar intake. We know that that's a good idea. Uh, it's been well established. But for those of us who have a bit of a sweet tooth with our snacking, what do we do? Yes, well, it means that we snack smarter, and I have a sweet tooth as well, and I'm really excited about this snack. It's the Good Measure Blood Sugar-Friendly Snacks, and their most popular snack is the Peanut Butter and Dark Chocolate Nut Butter Bar. It's so delicious. It combines peanut chunks, seeds, dark chocolate, and rich peanut butter. So it's creamy with a light crunch, super convenient. And all of the Good Measure snacks contain five or fewer grams of net glycemic carbohydrates, which ensures little impact on blood sugar. And all of their snacks are made with nutrient-rich ingredients. So you're getting nutrition in every bite. Registered dietitian nutritionist Mia Sin with us this morning. You have more information on your website, right? Yes, and that is nutritionbymia.com. Mia Sin, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. What a mess 
This is in Lynchburg, Virginia. The local fire department announced that they have discovered why a local creek turned white the other day. Uh, People were shocked. The creek turned white. And it was all because it was filled with milk. Seems a clogged drain resulted in an overflow of milk from the nearby Westover Dairy Plant. The milk overflowed and uh, then made its way into a storm sewer and ended up filling the creek. Firefighters uh, posted that there is no public health threat from the milk in the creek. But I would imagine in the next few days it's not going to smell too good. You know? What an utter disaster. Get it? Utter disaster? Milk in the creek? But I'm bum! Where's your rim shot when you really need it? (laughs) Elsewhere in the broken news this morning. Now, this is crazy. In Syracuse, New York, a, a local liquor store caught fire on Sunday. Police responded to an alarm uh, at uh, Fetis Liquor and Wine uh, on Sunday. Some merchandise had been damaged, and investigators are trying to determine the exact cause. But the working theory is that sunlight streaming through the bottles... Uh, actually heated heated up have you ever done that with like a, a magnifying glass and you put it in the uh, in the sun and the it compresses the beam of light and it, it heats up uh leaves a mark on the sidewalk or whatever or they believe that that's what happened in this case there were bottles in the window the sun is streaming through and it actually got some combustible material hot enough that it actually started the fire uh, they haven't determined that for sure, but uh, they say be sure to close your br- close your blinds around your favorite bottle of booze. I guess is the <laughs> that's crazy. That's, I, I've never heard of that happening before. I'm sure it has, but I've never heard of a story like that before. Just a, a crazy, weird story in the uh, in the news. Elsewhere, today's broken news report. Got to have something out of Florida. Um, Joseph. Schifano uh, has been arrested in Clearwater, Florida, after allegedly lying in order to gain entrance to the scene of a plane crash. Uh, The police claim that Mr. Schifano identified himself as medical staff in order to cross the crime scene tape on Thursday uh, after he ducked under the tape, uh, though he could not provide proof that he was, in fact, a doctor. Or that he was a medical uh, person. Officials then told him to move along. Moments later, he attempted to cross under the tape again, and that's when he was arrested. Apparently, and this is what makes the story crazy, apparently he wanted to uh, access the scene of the plane crash in order to capture footage to post on social media. Honestly, really? That's... Seeking your 15 minutes of fame, I guess. In other broken news, a Denver man believes he was the victim of a prank that left him toppled over inside of a porta john. Stefano uh, Schoetto, I think is how he pronounces uh, his name, says he was just on his daily walk on Thursday afternoon minding his own business when he stopped to use the porta potty at Halleck Park. Uh, I got in, he said, and after a little while, I felt the thing move. Had no idea what was happening, so I started shouting, Hey, somebody's in here! But the port john kept moving and ended up falling over on its side. He said he was able to find the door and crawl out as a man and his son got out of their car ran over to help. They had witnessed the uh, situation. Uh, the man who uh, came to Mr. Shieto's uh, rescue said uh, he saw a couple of teenagers who pushed the portable potty on its side and then ran off. Um, Mr. Shadow was not seriously injured, which he is thankful for. Uh, He says, I'm sure it was just a prank, but the situation is no laughing matter. He said, it may sound funny when you're a kid, but it's not when you're the guy inside. Yeah, it is definitely not when you're the guy inside the portage on that gets tipped over. No question. Uh, police did respond 
uh, to the call, but they have had no luck in trying to nab the perpetrators there. <laughs> it's not so funny when you're the guy inside, for sure. Uh, let's see. A couple of other items here. Now, this is crazy. Um, let's see here. Shannon Mobley, and I'm not sure where she is uh, She is from. I think uh, in someplace in Missouri. Shannon Mobley discovered around 70 municipal bearer bonds at an estate sale recently. She had no idea what they actually were at first. She said she just thought that they looked important, but she wasn't really sure. It was in a box of stuff that she bought at an estate sale. Turns out the bearer bonds, which were issued in Mountain Grove, Missouri, are now worth, there are municipal bonds that were issued in the late 1960s with a value of $5,000 and a 6% interest rate. Today, they are worth $1 million. And they're bearer bonds. Um, Municipal bonds aren't uh, issued as bearer bonds anymore. They're registered bonds uh, because bearer bonds are not as safe and secure because anyone can claim it. The bearer claims the bond, um, which is you know why they're called that, and that's why they aren't used anymore. But um, uh, each bond uh, issued with a value of $5,000 and a 6% interest rate back in the late 1960s, and so they're now worth $1 million. But there is a problem, because the city of Mountain Grove, Missouri, will not honor the bonds. Uh, she has now sued, filed a lawsuit... Uh, to uh, try and get the city to pay up. They issued the bonds, and now they won't pay. I don't know if they if they can deny payment. I mean, they're still legal. Uh, they don't issue bearer bonds anymore, but the ones that are out there, and there's still a lot of them floating out there, floating around out there, uh, are still legal, uh, can be legally claimed, but the city is refusing. She has filed lawsuits, so see where that goes. Can you imagine spending a million dollars in bearer bonds at an estate sale. That is crazy. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> you talk about uh, bad timing. A van fire has led to the discovery of a cache of weapons in Long Island, New York. The fire broke out Saturday night in a work van parked in the driveway of a home on Cedar Street, Long Island, the Seaford uh, area of Long Island. The flames then spread to the house... Firefighters, of course, responded, and once they searched the home looking for any victims, they say they found more than a dozen guns and a huge supply of ammunition. Uh, Charles Musara, who owns the house, was arrested on criminal weapons possessions charges. The cause of the fire is under investigation. Wow. Who knows what you know might have happened with that. Uh, but uh, an unfortunate timing. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, I like this story. Uh, it's a uh, story with a happy ending. The Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle has honored a flight attendant, with Alaska Airlines, who rescued some rare Chilean flamingo eggs during a flight last August. The zoo official transporting the eggs from Zoo Atlanta to Woodland Park Zoo called the flight attendant when the incubator that was keeping the eggs warm stopped working. The flight attendant uh, found rubber gloves and filled them with warm water in order to uh, try and keep the, uh, keep the eggs warm. And apparently it worked. Um, along with uh, the flight attendant's quick thinking, passengers offered coats and scarves to insulate the eggs. And uh, apparently it worked. The eggs hatched, and the flight, attendant, uh, the flight attendant was invited with her granddaughter to meet the Flamingo Chicks and get a special tour at the Woodland Park Zoo in Seattle. Isn't that awesome? That is just... Because when you're a flight attendant, you just never know uh, what might happen, what you might be called upon uh, to uh, to do uh, for your passengers. But that is a uh, terrific story with a happy ending. There you go. That is uh, today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. 
you know an exceptional teacher who's made a positive impact in your life or the life of a student, it's time to shine a bright spotlight on these educational heroes with the Finley Rotary Golden Apple Awards. Nominate your favorite teacher from Finley or Hancock County online at finleyrotary.org before April 5th. Nominate an outstanding educator for the Golden Apple Awards. Make a difference. Honor a teacher by visiting finleyrotary.org today. This message provided by WFIN. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. So Super Bowl Sunday is this week, and I don't know if you have a rooting interest in the game. Um, I mean, I know if uh, the Browns were playing, certainly if the Lions were playing, the Bengals were playing, the Steelers were playing, there would probably be a lot more people in our area that were cheering for a team, one team over, over another. There's the Kansas City and San Francisco. I don't know how much rooting interest there is. Um, not that that would keep people from watching the game. Everybody's going to watch it. But, you know, do you have a rooting interest in the game? Uh, if you do, do you have some superstitions surrounding that rooting interest that you have? And this could be the Super Bowl or really any game. A recent survey of 2,000 sports fans find that 44% have certain food-focused superstitions. Um, Let me back up here. Uh, 32% of American sports fans in this survey are so superstitious, they will avoid watching the game with unlucky people. (laughs) People that they consider to be unlucky. 32%. One-third of uh, of Americans say that they will disinvite or not invite someone to a watch party if they are considered unlucky. <laughs> so if you don't get an invitation, you know you're the unlucky friend. Uh, 74% of fans, 74%, three out of four, believe that the outcome of a game was influenced by whether or not they took part in a pre-event ritual. You know, if you... Put your socks on one way or the other. If you wear your lucky jersey, like that has something to do with whether or not the athletes, you know, perform well in the game, whether you wear your lucky jersey. But three out of four, at least in the survey, say that they believe this. And as we said, 44% actually even have certain food focused superstitions. So with respect to that, Because this is a big food event, the Super Bowl. If you have a rooting interest, you should know that pizza, burgers, wings, and hot dogs are the foods that bring good vibes, that bring good luck (laughs) to your team. On the other hand, deviled eggs, garlic bread, and ice cream are considered to be bad omens. (laughs) And... They say, put the charcuterie board away. Cheese, nuts, crackers, and fruits are all on the list of unlucky sports snacks. So, uh, plan accordingly (laughs) for Super Bowl Sunday. Well, we've got maybe some sunshine today, warmer temperatures... And we like that, especially when we're talking about uh, what we're talking about this morning. Uh, Upcoming stuff, the Findlay YMCA, Jerry Matamy is with us uh, this morning. Jerry, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. Uh, Already uh, starting to get things ready, gear up for uh, spring sports. Spring sports, uh, yeah. Our our spring soccer registration actually ends here shortly in in about a week. Um, Final day of registration is February 12th. Okay. Okay. and that takes us just a, a good amount of time to get ready, but the season itself won't start until about mid-March, mm-hmm. just in time for all the rain and everything <laughs> else, typical spring soccer. want to definitely bring it up, yeah. uh, because as you mentioned, uh, deadline is approaching, and maybe people aren't thinking about yeah. uh, spring sports yet, so definitely need to remind uh, families that the, uh, that the deadline is uh, coming up. And this is one of those uh, community programs, don't have to be a member of the, of the Y. No, you don't have to be a member of the Y. Um, and our program, the league itself, runs for from U5, which is, U means under, so four-year-olds, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up to U15. So anybody that, that turned 15 in this last little bit of calendar year, mm-hmm. they're still eligible to play. Okay. Um, we have a birth 
your uh, birth year chart available on our, our uh, website so that you can see where, if you're still eligible to play, if right. you can start playing. Um, and yeah, uh, if you've four-year-old soccer is, is, is a trip. It, it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a lot Those of fun. Little kickers are out of, out of bounds is just an imaginary line. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you get them in some oversized shirts and, like, and some shin guards that go all the way up to their thighs and <laughs> little let, bumblebees out yeah. there chasing around the ball. Those and you let them fun. run around for 45 minutes, an hour. Yeah. Uh, for on our end, those little kickers that, that U five, U six, um, it's once a week. So the parents register by their, by their time. Mm-hmm. Um, so if older siblings are, are, are playing, you know, travel soccer, pay setter, or, or whatever they're doing, we try and limit the time commitment, uh, and we just want people to have a little bit of taste. So no, no early Saturday morning games. Yeah. So you just come out on Monday or Tuesday night, and, and you as the parent get to register for that. So you can okay. start to set your schedule rather than waiting for a coach to kind of call you and be like, okay. hey, you know, we have practice on Tuesday, Thursday, and you're yeah. on, wait, we already have swim lessons, dance. We have all this other stuff. We can't do that. Mm-hmm. We can help you kind of set your schedule that way. Okay, very good. And uh, this, by the way, uh, we're talking uh, recreational league. Everybody can play. Everybody gets the chance. There are no tryouts nope. or anything like that for any of those age groups. No, no. Any of our age groups, if you want to, and even if you're, you know, 13, 14 years old and you've never tried, the YMCA is a great place to start. Mm-hmm. You're, uh, something just to... We're a safe place where you're right. You're, you're still going to get a play. We have our minimum play requirements. We have our, our coaches that are usually by our U12, U15. Some of those guys have been coaching longer than, than those kids that they're coaching have been alive. <laughs> right. um, I, you know, one of our coaches, Coach Hazleton, he's coaching his grandkids. So he has – this is second-generation mm-hmm. coaching. Yeah. Um, and they do a, a, a really great job of making sure and, and living our mission there that it is for all. Right. Uh, and we want to make sure that kids – there's a lot of benefits to sports outside of winning. We love winning and we love the pursuit of winning, but mm-hmm. healthy habits, friendships, learning to, to listen to an adult outside of your family or, or school, and, and the potential of making some really lifelong friends. Uh, mm-hmm. As a former, uh, look like it, as a former athlete myself, <laughs> um, you know, you, you, you don't ever really miss the grind. You don't really miss the games. You do miss the locker room, the bus rides, and, mm-hmm. and the friendships that have kind of stayed with you throughout the whole right. time. It is, a, it is a bit ironic that those are the things in the moment that you don't necessarily yeah. look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> but later on, those yeah. are the things that you most fondly those remember. Are the, those are the, those, and, and every time my, <laughs> my buddies and I, from uh, growing up in Montana, uh, back in Great Falls, we would have our bus rides for high school, you know, we'd have to travel six, seven hours by bus wow. to get to another game. So <laughs> wow. bus trips were bus trips were there. And so and when I get around my old high school buddies, it is still the same conversations. You know, you're always 17 right. in your hometown. Yeah. So it was very much that. So we try and, and our sports leagues at the Y, we try and offer that. We, we're more about the friendships, the community, meeting new people and, and trying something different. And, and I know sports, that- especially as kids get older, people get really hesitant. Mm-hmm. We don't want that. We want you to know that it's safe to yeah. come to the Y, try it, learn it, and enjoy it, and, and, and you're yeah. not behind anybody. Because it, it should be fun. Because if it's mm. not fun, then what are we doing? It's you true. Know? Uh, and, and by the way, just a, as an aside, to point this out, uh, you're not talking about seven, eight hours to get to the games. No, 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 no. <laughs> so, we're, we're all at Emory Adams all, now. All at Emory Adams. All and, at Emory Adams. Locally around Locally the, around the area. Our, our so. Black Swamp, we, we tend to stay in the county. You're not... No, we're we're not. I I don't think my <laughs> wife would even fathom that. Um, but we have our our um, and it's 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 all at Emory Adams. It's very local based. Uh, we're very cognizant and and try and do a very good job of, of balancing families. And families are are busy mm-hmm. nowadays, especially yeah. in this this recreational area. And and we try and stay more towards the focus of kids getting out, being active, and not having a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, so the uh, registration deadline is about a week away, as yep. you were mentioning. It's on the uh, 12th, right? Yes. So what is involved in registration? How do folks do that? You know, it's really easy. You can either go online, uh, finleyymca.org, or head up to, um, or you can come into either branch, and you can and you can come in, and, and we'll gladly work through it. Some of our older groups, uh, because of stuff, we may have to get a, a, a birth certificate from you to prove that with Ohio soccer, mm-hmm. but we can do that after you register. And once you register, like you said, we don't cut anybody. Once you register, yeah, give us a few weeks to get everything kind of organized. You'll hear from a coach, and then we start practicing. 
and then we kind of have to shut it down for a little bit because there's an eclipse happening. <laughs> right. um, but then we can start back up again. And um, you've got Easter and Easter all and all that working stuff. all over uh, all, all around of that. But but we have a few other. And speaking of the eclipse, we have a few uh, really cool thing happening this Friday, um, and it's fr- it's free for YMCA members. It is a the Imagination Station is coming down to our place, and they have a portable star lab. Yeah. So all this eclipse based programming and it, it is it's it's free and it will be great for the community and it's nice to have and big thank you to the community foundation for helping us secure that grant in order to get this tremendous program down here in imagination station coming down to, to so, show us this so this is on friday do friday. folks need to register for they do that? need to register because yeah. we do have to only a certain amount of kids or, or, or parents are allowed in the star lab at mm-hmm. a time it's only so big it's yeah. only so big right. but we have plenty of space okay and so and we have other activities besides that um outside of our our just awesome playing in the gym programming and and activities all solar eclipse based and then this Star Lab is, is a crown jewel on, yeah. on top of that. It's going to be uh, cool. So that is uh, happening That's uh, Friday night. Friday. Yep. And more details on uh, all of this at the website, right? Yes, uh, fin- uh, www.finleyymca.org. Very good. And by the way, while we're talking about uh, things going on to the Y, uh, for the other programs, yep. uh, you've got uh, what's the winter two session winter of programs. Two, winter are- two session. So right now we're in our, our registration period. For the next session, our next session begins at the end of last week of February. Okay. Um, and we will start up, and, and so now is your time to register for that. And then coming up this Friday, Friday's a busy day for us here. Um, we also are starting to sell our, our key fobs for our 24-7 all-access. The East Branch will be going to 24-7. So. But um, as, a, as a member, you just have to buy a key fob. That gets you in and out of the building. It's a one-time fee, and that is rest of your time. Very good. That also starts on Friday. Lots of things going on at the uh, Findlay YMCA. We've got a link on our webpage for more information. And again, Jerry McNamee, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. I appreciate it, Chris. Have a great day. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, Here's a truly hypnotizing show that you won't want to miss. It should be an awful lot of fun. The world's funniest comedic hypnotist is coming to the University of Findlay this Friday. We'll get a preview. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.